All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton here to help you dig deeper into the Psalms. And this week we continue the journey of last week, this week, and the next couple of weeks of some of the great treasure trove of the Psalms. These are some of the most well-known, most beloved Psalms, especially when it comes to times of distress, times of death, all of these things come out as times where we need words of comfort from our God, especially from his word. So this is why I love using especially Psalms 22 to about 32 in use with shut-ins, with people in the hospital, people in hospice. These are great Psalms with great words for us. So this week we are looking at Psalms 25 and 26. So I'm going to read Psalm 25 real quick, then as usual, go over individual parts as they jump out. Psalm 25 of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness, those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. His eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck his feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. O guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. So far, Psalm 25. We begin with those great words in the first three verses. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. We lift up our souls to God because we know that in Him, as His beloved children, He being our dear Heavenly Father, we will not be ashamed. But those who wantonly want to get rid of God, who want to despise His Word, these will be ashamed because they will have nothing to stand on. Verses 6 and 7, remember, my mer remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. These verses right here are drenched and dripping in the blood of Jesus, because it is only in the cross of Christ, that there is mercy, that there is steadfast love. And these are from of old, from even before David. 
because this is the promise of the Messiah that was first given to Adam and Eve, that was then given to Abraham and then to Isaac and to Jacob and on down through the tribes and eventually to Moses as he gives the law from Mount Sinai. That these things are there, not because we deserve them, but because of his mercy and his steadfast love. And therefore, he does not remember our sins. He chooses not to remember them so that we may have the peace of conscience that our sins are forgiven. And then we have the key verses for this week. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his path. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. The Lord's paths are steadfast love and faithfulness. To us, they look like a broken road. They look like a road with a bunch of detours in it. But the issue is we took the detours. We are the ones who veered off the way with our sins. But he keeps bringing us back. Because where is the Lord found? On the way. The way of steadfast love and faithfulness. The way of his covenant and his testimonies. And with this in mind, we can go to verses 16 to 18. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. This is one of those times where it is wonderful to have those moments where you have maybe a shut-in member who doesn't receive very many visitors because people forget about them and family has moved off and there's really no one around. And they feel lonely. They're afflicted because of their loneliness. So we pray for them, for God to turn to them. Not turn his back on them, but turn his face toward them. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. We have serious problems in this world. And we can't do anything about them. Try as we might to get rid of all the different temptations and trials and tribulations that this world gives us. There's always going to be something else that takes the place of every one of them that we take out. It reminds me of Jesus telling his disciples in Matthew chapter 12 verses 43 to 45. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Jesus is reminding us that if we just wipe them out and don't put other things in there, people will find even worse things to replace the bad things that we've gotten rid of. Just like the unclean spirit coming back to his home after having been cast out and finding it, it's just like I found it in the first place. I'll bring some buddies in and we'll just make this a bigger party than it was. The troubles of our hearts are enlarged because of the trials and tribulations of this life. So we then pray, O oh guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. This is one of the great refuge psalms, again, that we sit there and talk about God being our refuge. And that is why we are not put to shame. That is why we can stand tall and stand firm. Is because we are not to be put to shame, because we are part of the body of Christ. 
And so the psalm ends, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. And that is exactly what he does through Jesus. We continue on into Psalm 26, again, of David. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocent and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground, and the great assembly I will bless the Lord. All right, this is one of those great psalms of vengeance that we don't normally hear in a church service. We don't typically hear the preacher talking about it and using it in his visitations, but here it is. And here's the question. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. Really? Are you walking in your integrity or are you walking in God's faithfulness? Because that's where he is in verse 3. So what is it? Well, it depends on which plane you're talking about. Because if you're talking about on the horizontal plane where we are talking about just us and our relationship with people and our neighbors, yes, we can walk upright in our integrity and be fine. That is what we consider good, upstanding citizens. On the other hand, if you're talking about the vertical plane between us and God, yeah, there is no integrity between you and God. Because before God, you have no integrity. You are a sinner. Saved by grace, but still a sinner. And this is the biggest issue we have in this world, is that we want to walk in our integrity. We want to walk on our own terms, which is why, as we talked about a few moments ago, there's all the detours on the broken road that God has us going down. Why? Because we wanted the detours. We wanted to take a side trip, and we paid the price for it, whether mentally, physically, emotionally, we pay the price for it. And that is why our troubles and our hearts are enlarged, as in Psalm 25. That is why we sit there and say in verse 8 of this psalm, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Because this is where we want to be. We want to be in the house of the Lord. That's what Psalm 27 will talk about next week. That's what Psalm 23 talked about last week. Being in the house of the Lord. This is where his glory dwells. And that is what we seek for. Again in verse 11 he says, But as for me I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. I will walk in my integrity. I will do the best I can. But still... I need to be redeemed. I need God to be gracious to me because I'm not a perfect person. You are not a perfect person. You and I are both going to fall and sin. But we have a God 
who wants us to be in his habitation, who forgives sins, who says, my child, yes, your many faults are great and your heart is very enlarged with the troubles that they have caused. But I have forgiven them all. Look to my son on the cross and see your forgiveness. David understood that. A thousand years before his Savior walked to the earth, he knew it. And he shows us in Psalms 25 and 26 that he does have that peace and patience because he is walking in God's blessed path as each and every one of us who follow after our Lord Jesus Christ walk in his blessed path. Why? Because we're following him. He's walking down that road, and he is the one who gives the blessings. Okay, we're going to call it quits for this week. A little bit short for this week, but 27 is a lengthy psalm, and I did not want to get into it uh, too deeply because it needs its own time. So until next time, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessings as you continue to dig deeper into his word so that he may help you wrestle with theology. Amen.